visit. Contrast Spurgeon's attitude toward preaching with the prevailing opinion of our day. In fact, Spurgeon's lament is diametrically opposite the perspective expressed in a column that appeared a few years ago in a popular Christian magazine. A well-known preacher was venting his own loathing for long sermons. January 1st was coming, so he resolved to do better in the coming year. That means wasting less time listening to long sermons and spending much more time preparing short ones, he wrote. People, I've discovered, will forgive even poor theology as long as they get out before noon. Unfortunately, that perfectly sums up the predominant attitude behind much of modern ministry. Bad doctrine is tolerable. A long sermon most certainly is not. The timing of the benediction is a far more concern to the average churchgoer than the content of the sermon. Sunday dinner and the feeding of our mouths takes precedence over Sunday school and the nourishment of our souls. Long-windedness has become a greater sin than heresy. The Church has imbibed the worldly philosophy of pragmatism, and we are just beginning to taste the bitter results. What is pragmatism? Pragmatism is the notion that meaning or worth is determined by practical consequences. It is closely akin to utilitarianism, the belief that usefulness is the standard of what is good. To a pragmatist utilitarian, if a technique or course of action has the desired effect, it is good. If it doesn't seem to work, it must be wrong. Pragmatism as a philosophy was developed and popularized at the end of the last century by philosopher William James, along with such other noted intellectuals as John Dewey and George Santayana. It was James who gave the new philosophy its name and shape. In 1907, he published a collection of lectures entitled Pragmatism, a New Name for Some Old Ways of Thinking, and thus defined a whole new approach to truth and life. Pragmatism has roots in Darwinism and secular humanism. It is inherently relativistic, rejecting the notion of absolute right and wrong, good and evil, truth and error. Pragmatism ultimately defines truth as that which is useful, meaningful, and helpful. Ideas that don't seem workable or relevant are rejected as false. What's wrong with pragmatism? After all, Common sense involves a measure of legitimate pragmatism, doesn't it? If a dripping faucet works fine after you replace the washers, for example, it is reasonable to assume that bad washers were the problem. If the medicine your doctor prescribes produces harmful side effects, or has no effect at all, you need to ask if there's a remedy that works. Such simple pragmatic realities are generally self-evident. But when pragmatism is used to make judgments about right and wrong, or when it becomes a guiding philosophy of life, theology, and ministry, inevitably it clashes with Scripture. Spiritual and biblical truth is not determined by testing what works and what doesn't. We know from Scripture, for example, that the gospel often does not produce a positive response. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 22 and 23, 
chapter 2, verse 14. On the other hand, satanic lies and deception can be quite effective. Matthew, chapter 24, verses 23 and 24. 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Majority reaction is no test of validity. Compare Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And prosperity is no measure of truthfulness. Compare Job, chapter 12, verse 6. Pragmatism as a guiding philosophy of ministry is inherently flawed. Pragmatism as a test of truth is nothing short of satanic. Nevertheless, an overpowering surge of ardent pragmatism is sweeping through evangelicalism. Traditional methodology, most notably preaching, is being discarded or downplayed in favor of newer means.